I called my mom like right before we were supposed to start just to give her a quick hello. And uh, she voted for Trump. Oh. Fucking, I like, I don't. Wow. I have, I have no understanding of it. It's um, no understanding of it. I'm just going to take a hit of my pipe just to chill myself out a little bit. I, and, and I was just, I was just arguing with her and, um, You know, what I noticed during the argument is that every single criticism she had of Biden, her reasons for not voting for Biden were accurate. In fact, about 95% of her reasons for not voting for Biden were the same reasons that you have uh, leftists saying, I'm not voting for Biden. You know, racism, uh, uh, uh changing his opinion just to remain in power, uh, just being an everyday politician, not caring about, not doing enough. I think for- you love your mom and you're saying 95%, but it's really more like 55%, but I understand. Go well, continue. Well, no, 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 no. But like, I, I mentioned that for a specific reason. I mentioned it because... The and I know and love your mom. I'm not trying to shit on your mom. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, the the interesting part to me, the frustrating part to me, was that, and let let's say my percentage is accurate. Let's say it's a hundred percent. Let's say a hundred percent of her criticisms of Biden are leftist criticisms of Biden. Um, Why does that then lead you to vote for Trump? That is the that is the crucial question. That is know? the crucial question. That is really what the matters. You, you can sit there all day and say Biden was bad on race. Bad, Biden was bad on this. He was bad on that. You can say it's one of the things my mom loves saying. Um, people who are most hard up, people in the lowest income brackets, in the most neglected neighborhoods with the shittiest schools, what has Biden done for them? You can't argue with that, but you have to ask, then why would you intentionally, why would you get up, put your clothes on, put your pants on, <laughs> drive down the street and go vote for Trump if that's legitimately what you're concerned about? It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. And like, I could see apathy. I get apathy. I get voting for a third party. Or I not even it. voting or not even voting. That is the, if you truly believe what my mom said to me, then sitting at home and not voting out of sheer apathy makes the most sense. But she put her pants on and she went over there and she voted for Trump. And and I said to her, I said, you know, because she mentioned to me she might vote for Trump a couple of weeks ago. And I just ignored it because my mom loves saying contrarian shit. My mom for, you know, she's a really smart, at least when it comes to Eastern European stuff. Um, But she's just a generally very smart, very just like cool person. And she's like 68 years old, but then she just has this terrible, she has the same weakness that it seems 15 to 25 year old white men have on Twitter this contrarianism. She loves that shit. She loves being contrarian. Um, 
I was once in a salon with her because when I was a kid, she would take me to the salon with her all the time so we could get our hair cut together. I think she might have wanted a boy and a girl, but she only get a boy. And all the women in there were arguing about Sarah Palin. And most of them, this is like a hair salon on Central Avenue in Yonkers. And it was like 40, 60, 60% thought Sarah Palin was a monster idiot. 40% thought she was cool. My mom jumped on the side of the pro Sarah Palin people and like kind of won the argument. Like, not that I agree that Sarah Palin was anything, but like my mom won the argument. She's good at arguing. And she won the argument about Sarah Palin in the salon. I was in the car with her afterwards. And I was just like, mom, you, you, you think Sarah Palin's like smart? You think she's capable? And she goes, no, I, I don't think she, she should be in any elected office, but like those people were being really hard on her and I just had to jump in on it, you know? So the question remains, I I think, though, yeah. why, given everything you said, like, I get it, but you, you made the point several times, but she got dressed, you know, yeah, and went down and like spent the time and effort to vote, yeah. not against Joe Biden, really, but for Donald Trump. So what is that? I, actually, her words against joe biden that's why she did it but and what is that i don't know that's the same you know you, that's i i asked her the same question i said if you if you hate joe biden for a specific set of reasons and trump is the exact same human being based on your criticisms why put your pants on and go vote for donald trump well i don't think they're the exact same human being i think that's a terrible disservice to what a scumbag trump is i don't think biden's a scumbag i think it's a no you no, know, no. I'm, you can I'm, I'm, be shitty and then you can be a fucking steaming pile of shit i'm speaking from her perspective i understand but why you're still you're just dancing around it why oh, wait, this, is, this, this is, is her perspective this is, this is actually this is good therapy i'll my therapist might do this someday i or he has done it i pretend to be my mom and you pretend to be me all right why did you vote for Donald Trump, Oksana? First of all, you're fat. <laughs> and, and you need to work harder on your relationship with your wife. And you need to save more money. Second of all... won't talk about it. No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean, that's as much as I don't... You know, I have no oh, desire the... to talk to your mom. Like, I uh, want to talk to you. But that's what she'd say when you say, Mom, why did you vote for Trump? And she just criticizes you. About no, your weight and your marriage? Uh, oh, sorry. That was meant to be a joke. Okay. Yeah, no. But she, so she, that was what does, but again, whether it's in this role play or just a question, why it's, is she voting for Trump? Like, what is it in her that's getting her to do that? I understand that you feel that her, what she verbally says yeah. does not really, uh, it's not very consistent, but she's still doing it. So why well, is she doing it? That, I mean, I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't know. All I have is... Well, it sounds... Can I jump in? She's a Republican. She votes for... Repub she voted for John McCain. She voted for George Bush. She voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, that know, thought... She's a New York Republican. And at the end of the day, it's a lot more... Maybe it's a lot more about that than we... You know, the shit on the fringes, you know. I think that's a good point. You know, that thought did cross my mind. Um yeah, you know, the sort of the Republican, the uh, Lincoln Project Republicans, the uh, the never Trumper Republicans, it just kind of 
didn't hit my family. You know, my family has been Republican. As you said, they've been Republican for a long time and they're still Republican. Um, I, I think that's part of it. You know, I, I think when when I hope that my mother who's voted Republican her whole life wouldn't vote for Trump, I think part of it is just saying, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, but at the end of the day, the conversation is still the same as it was in 2012. It's the same as it was in 2008. It's the same conversation we had in 2002, 2003, when we were arguing about the Iraq war. Like, I argue for whatever the Democrat position is, she argues for whatever the Republican position is, and we all kind of pretend to be um, above partisan politics, but shit, I've never once taken the Republican position. She's never once taken the Democrat position. That's the way it is. She does think that the Republicans are being really fucking terrible on COVID, and yet she still voted Trump, which is interesting. That is interesting, too. I mean, that is something that's very deep inside, I, I would wager to say. My parents are kind of like, have always um, have always inhabited that world of like the perfect mid, mid, uh, sorry, uh, the perfect centrist American white person, you know, um, the Northeast version, the the liberal in, in many ways, like the liberal New York people, because. Um, well, I mean, also, it's good to remember that for a time in this country, New York Republicans controlled the country like it was not, you know, so Republicanism and the Republican Party have a lot of roots in New York. Yeah. In the Northeast. And, you know, to some extent, it was. Rockefeller Republicans that voted for the Civil Rights Act. And it was, you know, it was like, you know, your, your mom is 68 years old, you know, so she does also remember a different time. You know, there's that difference between the specific policy and the overall, you know, you know, all the way up, go to a presidential election. So if my parents had to vote on, should we let immigrants in? Yes. Should we vet them, but create a path for asylum seekers to get into this country? Their vote would be yes. Um, should uh, gay people, queer people, transgender people be recognized and be allowed to marry? Yes. Um, should, we, should you raise our taxes? Absolutely fucking not. Should we vote for Romney? You goddamn right. And so it's just like, there's a difference between specific policies. I guess you would call that, you know, the sort of standard uh, socially liberal, economically conservative position, but like, you know, when it's macro, they vote for it, and they never believe that the micro things they care about are affected. They just don't believe it. Well, they also, they're, you know, upper middle class white Americans, like nothing affects them. It doesn't matter really who the president is for, you know, since the 70s, and you know, there's, you know, there's no... There's a ton of economic opportunity. There's a ton of personal freedom and nothing affects you. It doesn't matter if Clinton's the president or Bush is the president or Obama's the president. And for the most part, even Trump's the president, except until we've got to this coronavirus, you know, yeah. nothing affects you. You know, you got more money in the bank and your kids are probably in good schools and, you know, you're riding out the pandemic and, you know, like that's the world you live in. So 
and just to add to it like fresh money in the bank you know like my my grandparents were poor my grand my my father grew up poor my my mother was probably the first person in my family to grow up in the middle class and then i followed um but everyone else they grew up poor and they had this money and they just kind of you know letters from the republican party kept showing up at our house because we wanted taxes to be low. I mean, and I also, I think America is, you know, it's sort of a unique country in a sense that it's only so old, you know, we compare it to these other, you know, Western European countries that are much older. And that question about what is an American and it's a lot of different things. And there, since the beginning of this country, since before the beginning of this country, when it was just being settled or conquered, by Europeans, um, you know, there were always people who came here, set up shop and wanted to stop the next guy from getting in. You know, it's been going on since the beginning. And I think we all of us in my family and your family and friends, families know people who are immigrants to this country, who came here, who fled desperate circumstances, who prospered financially in our hardcore you know, Republicans and being a hardcore Republican right now means being, you know, having a hard line against immigration. And they do, you know, they do, they share that sentiment, whether they're the Cuban community or the Venezuelan community, the Ukrainian community or the Jewish community. Um, we all have those people in our communities that are all, you know, who have all been the victims of, you know, terrible circumstances at home and we're lucky enough to be able to get to the United States. And after being here for a little while and establishing some, you know, some some stake in the country, we're like, yeah, no, the next guy doesn't need to get in. You know, even if it's from my country, it's like, I don't need that, you know? Yeah. And it's always been something with people who've come to America or kind of a sense of if they're smart enough to get here, they don't need my help to get here. They can right. get here on their own. I did, no one helped me. And, you know, that's that's sort of existed since the beginning of the country. It's it's very unfortunate. It's very ugly. You know, yeah. I my family was one of those families and we're exactly the opposite. You know what I mean? Um, well, I shouldn't say that there's part of my family that definitely isn't. But my parents and the way I was raised and I'd say a good portion of my extended family and certainly my wife's family is, you know, like, yeah, pay a forward asshole. But yeah. we have the outliers and, and you know. And they're fucking dumbass pieces of shit. They're just like, fuck those people. I, I think a big issue is that every so many of these communities have dealt with trauma. And so they, they've come from revolutions. They've come from a lot of death, a lot of uncertainty. And it doesn't matter what side they were on. Um, and there's anxiety. There's fear that things can very easily turn for the worse. Um, and so anytime you bring up a policy, an idea, something that might change how the economy works, something that might change how healthcare works or how the education system works or anything, you know, just people get nervous. They don't want to um, ever go through what they went through again. And usually, we're talking about a community that is, has been here for a generation or two, maybe three generations. Now, let me ask you a question. What was the first presidential election you voted in? Uh, I think it was, 
2008. So Obama. Yeah. You didn't vote for Kerry. You didn't vote in that election. Let me see. Sorry, 93, 2003. Anyway, okay. the first one you remember. If you have to think about it this much, it's not, you know. Yeah. So no. Obama in 2008. Gotcha. So this is only your third rodeo, no, fourth rodeo. Yeah, I didn't really care about voting much. I, I was not active. I, I was like, I was I was cool. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't dislike people or want abortion to be illegal, but I didn't vote probably until I was in my mid twenties, which I guess was yeah, I was twenty five in two thousand eight. Gotcha. I think that was my first election. How do you think that two thousand eight compares to two thousand twenty? Let me ask the question a di- another way: Would it have been worse to have John McCain as the president? Or is it worse having Donald Trump as the president? If you could go back and change that. So McCain wins, but that means Hillary wins. Yeah, I, I think the obvious answer is it's worse to have Trump as president. But you do wonder how many people McCain might have killed <laughs> in wars. You wonder, like, what's that number? I think about that. How many people? You know. If it was fifty thousand, would I would I sign up for that? I don't know, but like Trump also dropped the Moab, so it's not like he's a pacifist. No, but it does feel like we're so incompetent that somehow the yeah. body count must be lower. The body count must the body be lower. count must be lower under Trump because he's too incompetent and. People are just, they're too nervous about him. <laughs> you know, the population he's intimidating is the American population. Yeah. Most of these guys intimidate other populations. Although not that, not that Trump isn't doing his fair share just by nature of being the American president. But I do wonder if his incompetence is leading to, you know, less, uh, less American terror around the world. Um, I think it's, I think McCain it's, point. I think it's less death overseas, more death here. Like when I hear about That's the CIA, Trump's policy. when they write stories about the CIA and the Defense Department these days, all they write about is like low morale, people getting out. I'm like, if only that yeah. would have been the case when Obama was the president, maybe we would have made some more progress as a country. Trump. Instead of like a spree de corps, the CIA was awesome under Obama. We were spying on people. We were wrecking shit. We were launching all kinds of plots and plans. Oh shit! We were rocking and rolling, and now they're depressed, man. Now they're just like, is it even? Should I even leave my cubicle? Like, if I write this report, do I even want to deal with these people? They're just trying to hack Amazon to get a PlayStation Five pre-order. Like, I'd love to see like a retelling of the Hunt for Red October with like Trump as the president. <laughs> so only yeah. this is only your fourth presidential election. So I feel like you're still. In the oh, anything could happen. Yeah, America could really change mode, and then a couple more, and you'll be a little more cynical. That that's that's Trump's brilliance, where he was like, "Oh, you think we're we we're murdering millions of people abroad? I'm gonna figure out a way to kill even more people domestically." <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, not really, not really, not yet. Maybe in the next, maybe in the next go around. Well, we're at we're at what two hundred and. Oh, with the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) that's a good point. (laughs) Sure. But I mean, again, that's through sheer incompetence. That's not through, you know, having a police state. Well, 
but Iraq was sheer incompetence and a police. Well, I, I don't understand your point. I mean, you know, the people in Paris weren't affected by the Iraq war. Like, this is affecting every country on the planet. Yeah, but strictly how it's affecting America, if we're going to oh. be talking about making America great again. Right, but I mean, it's Trump. I'm more afraid of Trump, you know, having a, a cohort of brown shirts and, you know, oh, yeah. seizing control of the army. And, you know, like, at the day after the election, you know, the 82nd Airborne, like, surrounds the White House and says, you know, the, guy, the general salutes Trump and, you know, gets down on one knee and swears fealty. I think we could be in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, Trump and That's has, a bigger fear to me than the pandemic. And the pandemic, like I said, that yeah. sheer incompetence, of course, it's not, I'm not saying that's not Trump's fault. I just think I'm the, the total, you know, him, you know, seizing some kind of totalitarian yeah. control of the country. Well, but he already has brown shirts. Like people are like, you know, when is he going to have his, he has brown shirts. The question is how powerful are they? Which you already said, like, what can they do? But yeah, like got- 50 guys in pickup trucks in Texas. I'm not really worried about, you know. That shit was crazy, though. They slowed, they surrounded Biden's bus. You think those people are just going to give up Texas without a fight? Like, there's no way. You know what I mean? There's just no way. This is America. Like, maybe the most interesting data point that I, uh, or data point, wait, data? No, it's data. The most interesting data point that I've seen, um, and I, I, a couple of days ago, I told you that I was like running numbers. Biden's polls today versus Hillary's polls at the exact same time. And, you know, what would happen if the polls were just as inaccurate? So uh, Nate Silver posted that today. He posted a uh, electoral college map of the United States based on uh, Biden's polls today um, uh, on October 31st versus Hillary's polls on election day four years ago. And what would happen to Biden if the inaccuracy of Hillary's polls were, uh, you know, applied to Biden's poll numbers? Um, And Biden wins by a landslide. Um, He wins Florida. He wins Georgia. He wins Pennsylvania. He wins Arizona. And then he, he of course, wins uh, Wisconsin and Michigan and Minnesota and all those, all those places in between. I think I named all of them. How much do you believe that shit? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, you know, we'll see. I, I do. I wonder if the weird anomaly, what I was thinking about it is everyone's predicting this huge total turnout. And I wonder if the weird anomaly is it's going to be low and people just aren't going to show up on election day. You know, I mean, obviously so, some people will show up, but they're predicting based on... Yeah all these factors and it's like is it possible that you know there's a lack of turnout because yeah you know something like that you know something weird like that i I don't know that you know and i don't know who wins in that scenario Um, so to we're recording this on october 31st i read this article today um it said that somewhere in the 90 some odd million people uh had been counted 92, um, I heard today. Today. Yeah. Um, in 26... Astounding, astounding. Right. Um, so we're a couple of days before the election. We're one, two, three, one, two, three, four days before the election. Um, and in 2016, about 127, 28 million, something like that, people had voted. Um, so just a number. 
We're in the 90s, four days away. Four years ago, it was 125 total. You know, does it stop? Does no one uh, vote for the next four days? Who knows? No, no. I mean, the, uh, you know, I mean, I think you're still talking about tens of millions of people voting on election day in this country. So if it's, I don't know what the number is, but if it's supposed they're estimating it's going to be 40 and it's only 28, you know what I mean? But I guess presumably that's good for Biden. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, or it could, I've also seen they say it's I mean, what the conventional wisdom says is it's going to be the biggest vote in the history of the country. You know, yeah. so again, so that would presumably bode well for Biden, you know, but I mean, I don't know. I, I like. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is just that all of our polling models or aggregate polling models that we all look at 538 and other websites it's just based on history you know they they use historical precedents to try to come up with a model and we just have not had this in 100 years a pandemic um people afraid to go outside people doing mail-in voting you've also got you know we haven't all that shit happening in Harris County in Texas, which is... Is that where they ran that bus off the road? No, but there was, um, there was, from what I saw, the Republican Party sued in Harris County saying that... Oh, they're challenging those 100,000 votes? The 100,000 votes yeah, that were... Yeah, we'll see done. what happens with that. And they're saying yeah. it's curbside... Well, what I read was you know, it was curbside voting, which was um, the clerk of, of Harris County. The election County, supervisor of Harris County set it up. Set it up. Yeah. Set, said it was an appropriate way to handle the pandemic. Yes. 100,000 people did it. And now the Republican Party is saying those votes should be thrown out because he did not have the authority to do that. Yeah, so, and everyone's talking about Kavanaugh's and whatever. It's, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Well, that's it's what I mean. Too early like, to tell. Well, you know. yeah, but, but but that's what's interesting about it. You know, the the Texas judge that's apparently going to hear the case is one of the most Republican partisan judges in the country. Yeah, but it would take the Supreme Court to throw those votes out. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Those votes aren't just getting thrown out by some district court judge. And if you look at what they did in North Carolina, it would sort of say, you know, that they've got five votes to do the same thing in Texas. You know, yeah. essentially, it's the same thing that they just ruled on in North Carolina. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, they might do, they might get away with that. So I, I have a question for you. So let's say all the polls that we're seeing today, they, they continue until Tuesday, the 538 polls, the aggregate polls, everything. Everyone's saying that Biden, even the Fox News poll, which said seven, eight points, national polling for Biden. Let's say all the polls hold and Trump wins on Tuesday. So I don't even know what that means. People keep saying that and no one ever wins on the day officially wins on the day of the election. Right. They're always counting votes into the next day, but it's, you know, people keep saying that. And I just think it's, it's called by the news networks because they use their, you know, quote unquote, news network is going to call it for if, you know, in what scenario is any news network, including Fox, going to call it for Trump. I mean, if Trump's up by 100,000 votes in Florida at the end of the night, they're going to call it for Trump. He won by 116,000. You know what I mean? 
But if it's down to 600 votes in Florida, no one's calling anything for Trump. You know, like, I just think that's I mean, it, it unnerves the shit out of me when Trump says all that shit. Don't get me wrong. No. But I don't think, you know, Trump says a lot of shit. I, I don't know you know that whole thing about where the vote is like trump's just gonna he's gonna like declare victory <laughs> like i mean he might try but i don't think the american media corporate structure you know average voter average tv watcher is gonna buy that you know what i mean yeah like i don't know i don't think anyone's like filing an injunction in the next day and john roberts is and amy comey baird are just <laughs> yeah trump's the winner you know there's got to be more more to it than that. I mean, now, of course, they'll, you know, you could you have a repeat of some scenario like 2000 where it all comes down to Pennsylvania and who knows what, whoever the fuck happens. And, you know, they give Pennsylvania to Trump and it came down to 200 votes in Pennsylvania. Yeah, sure, that could happen. But I think, you know, and I could be wrong. I mean, I do want to point out the last time we did this, we gave a definitive western conference finals prediction like set it in stone it's a done deal that the clippers and the lakers were going to square off in the western conference finals yeah and uh it's a little embarrassing when you listen to it now so i don't want to you know maybe i'm a i'm a little chastened for making a definitive prediction well but i also it's we were right the the lakers won the lakers won that's right we both said the lakers were going to win that's true you know, I think by eight o'clock, we're going to pretty much have a good idea who's going to win Florida. And if Trump wins Florida, it's like, okay, let's see what happens next. You know, then you're looking at Pennsylvania and Michigan and Ohio. And I think North Carolina also is counting its its vote early. The North Carolina result should be in early. So if Biden wins, Trump wins those states, you know, it's like, we'll see what happens next. I, I do think that living in Florida and seeing the way the elections and the polling hasn't really matched in the last, you know, six, eight years in Florida in a lot of respects. And there's a lot of too close to call statewide elections, like the Republicans in these rural counties and these ex-suburban counties, as they call them, um, Volusia County, Pasco County, Polk County, like they are deep, like they're voting you know, some of these counties voted like 86% for Trump, like they are turning out. And, and you know, there's a lot of, in the last 10 years in Florida, there have been a lot of uh, new people moving to Florida from, you know, from the Northeast and from other states where, and they're here to retire and they're Republican and they have, sw- you know, and they're not moving to the big cities. They're not moving to Miami-Dade. They're not moving to Jacksonville. They're not moving to Orlando. They're moving to these ex-suburban counties. And they really have given, you know, the Republicans a pretty permanent majority in the state, you know, so when I hear that Biden's up and I see he's in the in the win column for 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 at 538 uh, for Biden and, you know, I'm, I hope it's true. And certainly if there's a huge turnout and the young people vote and the seniors have kind of broken with Trump, you can see the path to it. But these people are pretty hardcore Republican. Like they're like your mom, they're voting Republican. You know what I mean? And the Democrats are not doing any outreach to these people. Like in Florida, what the Democrats do, and they probably do it nationally. And the last guy I remember even trying to do this was Obama in 2008 is they go to their population centers and they try and drive turnout. And I don't think they're super effective at it. They certainly weren't effective in 2016, probably more effective in 2012, but 
you know, they're not doing any outreach in these red counties at all. And so the Republicans own them and, you know, they add up and they, they, they win the state. So I concert, like I'm, I feel like the Florida polls aren't right. Now the national polls in these other states, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Michigan, Pennsylvania, like they've all elected Democrats. And as a side note, I think I'm a little less concerned about the shenanigans because all these states, it's not like Florida in 2000 that had a Republican governor and, you know, a Bush too, as the, as the governor of the state, Michigan has a democratic governor, Pennsylvania does, North Carolina does, uh, Wisconsin does. And yeah, there's, you know, there's powerful uh, Republican legislatures for sure. And they will have some sway, but the, the, the Democrats do have a foothold. Hold on one second there. So, so my, that was my mom calling. My mom is in town for a socially distanced visit (laughs) and she calls me and she says, Oh my God, Jeffrey, are you guys still at home? I'm I'm so sorry. I, I overslept. Mm. And I'm like, mom, it's only 1054 at night. (laughs) It's like, Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, they're whoa. all liars and thieves, Jeff. Oh my goodness, liars and thieves. You know something else that we touched upon in this show early on. I yeah. feel like when it wasn't was. I have one more question for you, by the oh, way. Oh, please go ahead then. No, do your thing. But look, right, this I, is on a different. You know. I was going to change the subject a little bit. Talk a little social justice. Talk a little civil rights. Okay. So fire away on the election. No, no, no. no do your thing first. So. You know, we talked was, you know, right after the death of or the murder of George Floyd and, yeah. you know, talking about social justice reform. And there was certainly a, you know, an incredible outpouring of people, you know, protesting after that happened. Right. And, you know, and still to this day, you know, yeah. and it just occurs to me, you know, this is really a time when there's a lot of pressure by Democrats being put on people that are younger or older, but, you know, more progressive and want to see, you know, real change and like are not willing to wait for it and understand the the sort of the violence and hostility that our fellow citizens are being subjected to every day by, you know, law enforcement in this country. And, you know, that's not really on the ballot in this election. Like that's not going to change, you know, if Biden wins, like, yeah. They'll try some reform. I understand, you know, the difference. I understand the advantages. Um, I understand making parts of the system more humane, you know, as like short-term objectives. I get that. But it's just sad to me because there was this terrible story on Friday that we talked about, about the police union in Philadelphia taking a picture of a two-year-old girl with an officer yeah, that was that was just fucking. You know, with the comment that you know during one of these protests that yeah. implying that someone had just let this two-year-old girl walk around, and the only one who cared about her was this police officer yeah, who came over and was comforting her. And the true story was is they executed a you know a totally a totally warrantless arrest on this woman yeah. and her family and pulled them out of their vehicle for no reason. Yeah, totally violated their civil rights and it was a mom and she had her two kids in the car. And one of the kids was this two-year-old. And I thought about that in Philadelphia and I'm like, Philadelphia 
is a democratic city. It's got a democratic mayor. It's got an African-American female police chief that was appointed by that democratic mayor. They've got a progressive prosecutor, you know, and not supposedly, they really kind of do as prosecutors do go, this guy named Larry Krasner. You know, it's a democratic town. Yeah. And they cannot put a stop to this. You know what I mean? They cannot put a stop to this. And I understand sort of the cynicism of people who are, you know, sort of very critical of Biden and the Democrats about their record in this and their role in this. Like nothing that happened in Philadelphia has anything to do with the Republicans or Donald Trump. Nothing at all. Yeah. And that's really not going to change after November. You know, if, if, if Biden wins and, you know, clearly you and I are both rooting for Biden to win, we feel like that's would be better for the country. And I think there's a lot of evidence that backs us up. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, that, that, that is not going to change after election day or after Joe Biden sworn in and not by the, probably not by the end of a f- eight years of a Biden administration. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and, can see because of that, you can see exactly why some activists don't feel compelled to vote. There's gotta be like, I just think an honest discussion about what it's going to take to, to stay in power, to govern, to, you know, make progressive changes in the system, reform the system And if you keep it all in like sort of pie in the sky speeches and like vagaries and don't like kind of let people in on how the sausage is made a little bit, I really think, you know, you're just doing a disservice to to the people that you're trying to get support from. Like they're not going to support you the same way. Mm. Um, You know, when you talk about things like criminal justice reform, when you talk about court packing when you talk about getting rid of the filibuster all these things that everyone's like jumping up and down we got to do this we got to do that it's like it sounds great like i haven't heard joe biden commit to any of them you know what i mean (laughs) i've heard a lot of wait and see and i just think it's like who do you think these you know when the democrats have this 53 senate majority like how big a majority do you think that is like do you think john hickenlooper is going to vote to get rid of the filibuster like i doubt it you never know i doubt it could he be pressured, cajoled, manipulated, you know what I mean, by uh, a White House that was like very aggressive and kind of unbiden like maybe, you know what I mean? Could he be empowered by voters who return and even say, and this is best case scenario, like well, Biden wins and the Democrats take the Senate and they have the House, like great, let's imagine that scenario for five minutes by an even bigger turnout um in building on that senate majority you know what i mean like that's that's the long game that you're gonna have to have happen if you want to pack the court or if you want to get rid of the filibuster like that's what's gonna have to happen and i'd really like to hear joe biden kind of talk more about that and less about the pie in the sky shit that he says he's gonna do that we all know is never gonna happen anyway so i have one more question for you the election night we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're, it's going to be called or not. What are you doing? What's your plan for the night? That's a really good question. I've been thinking about that. I've been trying yeah. to think about a way to just turn it all off and I'll just check my phone at like midnight. Yeah. You know, like at a certain point, like what, what we have no power, no control. It'll be what it'll be. So I'm, 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 I'm debating. What are your thoughts? I probably won't be able to do anything, but um live updates from seven different websites <laughs> i think that's smarter than having the tv on 
Oh, no, no. Think, yeah. oh no, no, the yeah. TV will be on. I'm saying everything will be on. Oh, everything. I like it. Oh, everything. Everything. I like it. I like it. I want to see how it's all going. I'm going to be updating various websites on my computer next to me. I'm going to be checking my phone. I might be checking Twitter. I'll have CNN on the TV. Might have it on the quick flip back and forth because occasionally you want to see what Fox News is saying. And that is Friends You Wish You Had. Good luck. Go Biden. And good night, Jeff. Good night, Roman. But if he wins Florida, if Biden wins Florida, then it's just like, then it's over. Then you can just like enjoy your night. You can wait for like Carl Rove to run around Fox being like, no, no, no. Go to the Virginia suburbs. We should be winning. Like that was one of the sweetest moments of all time. I've been thinking about that tonight, man. I was thinking about Carl Rove tonight, and it just brought me joy. And I hope I hope we see something like it again someday. Look for that on fucking YouTube. That was great. That was fucking great. (laughs) Wait a minute! He he ran down the hall. (laughs) But I mean, we were joking about that thing about Tucker Carlson, Mm. and I'm like, I literally think he got a call from Rupert Murdoch saying, "Shut the fuck up." Trump's a menace, you know. We don't need him, you know. Shut up. And but and if he wins, he wins. Great. But you know, stop fucking uh putting your thumb on the scale, dude. 